This is episode 496 of the Locked On Texas Rangers podcast. I have got a special treat for you, a quadcast filled with four total, not just four extra, four total Locked On podcasts. Hosts, we got Jason Burke of Locked On A's, Jeff Carr, who I have not had on the show before, but I'm very happy to have him and to be a part of this quadcast. He is the host of the Locked On Cincinnati Reds podcast. And then, of course, we have Ethan Smith of Locked On Pirates talking things we're thankful for, talking about, you know, all kinds of off-season stuff and also what we think is going to happen with this new CBA and a potential lockout. All that and more coming up on this episode of Locked On Rangers. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Rangers. Your daily Texas Rangers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. You are locked on to the Texas Rangers, Pittsburgh Pirates, Oakland A's, and Cincinnati Reds. This is a quad pod, the quadcast, if you will. I am joined by several special guests, the illustrious hosts of our Locked On Network. We have joining us from the West Coast, Jason Burke of Locked On A's from the central slash north-ish. Um, we have Jeff Carr of Locked On Reds. And from the east, southeast-ish portion of this podcast, we have Ethan Smith, host of Locked On Pirates. We have a lot of fun stuff to talk to you guys about. And, uh, you know, we're just going to we're going to start with uh, Jason Burke. This is a, a thankful podcast. We're talking about things we're thankful for. And the week of Thanksgiving, there's been already a few signings. And, um, you know, I, I actually want to get your thoughts on something that happened last Friday that has some Rangers ties and tangentially some Oakland A's ties. Marcus Simeon was tied to the Texas Rangers. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was something that surprised me because he's 31 years old. The Rangers have said their competitive window is, uh, I don't know, in not next year, but the year after that. And this is open to any of you guys who have some thoughts about Marcus Simeon as well. But I'm curious, do you think that uh, the Rangers, that he would like think about going to the Rangers and if that makes sense, they're also like still targeting the other shortstops in Corey Seager and Trevor Story. So I think that he's a good fit because he's a great clubhouse guy. He obviously can stroke it with the bat pretty, pretty well, as we've seen in both 2019, 2020, throw it out the window because shortened season, what what are you doing with those numbers? And then 2021 with the Blue Jays, he was absolutely fantastic MVP finalist. So uh, he had a really, really good season there. Um, he's good in the clubhouse. I think that he would be a, a nice guy to have as you're trying to groom your next group of guys. Would he be a centerpiece for that group of guys? Probably not. I don't know that his, his window matches up with the Rangers window. So that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. But hey, if they're going to do it, you know, why not? Um, there are there's a worse franchise out there that he could sign with. And it's <laughs> in Texas, but it's not <laughs> the Rangers. So, uh, yeah, I'd be fine with that, I guess. Yeah, it, it's been a it's been a weird offseason so far. And uh, Jeff Carr of Locked on Reds, our uh, channel manager, the uh, the most wonderful boss we've ever had. Um, other previous bosses don't listen to that, um, especially David Locke. Don't listen to that part. Um but I'm curious, what has the offseason been like for the Reds? I've seen um, random bits and scatterings that um, they're they're going full cheapskate. And uh, how are you feeling about that? It's very weird because to say that they're going to go full on in the tank is it's raising the antenna 
of Nick Crawl. He constantly says that that's not happening, that they're not rebuilding. But he's also saying things like realigning payroll and budgetary stuff. And whenever someone asks him what the payroll looks like, he gives the old answer of, oh, yeah, not at liberty to talk about that right now. So it's like, all right, well, you made that the centerpiece of the conversation and then you took it away. So, yeah, there's going to be a whole lot of annoying stuff this offseason. There's already been a ton of rumors about teams being interested in Luis Castillo via trade, teams being interested in Sonny Gray via trade. Jason, shout out to that, too. Um, so when we look at all this stuff, Reds fans are a little bit concerned because we thought that the competitive window was opening. And then last year they decided to trade away key members of the bullpen to save some cash. Then now they're looking to do some things to save some cash. Now they trade away Tucker Barnhart for basically nothing. They literally waved Wade Miley for nothing. And he is now a Chicago cub. So there's lots of things that are going on that have Reds fans shaking their head and wondering what on earth 2022 is going to hold. It's probably not going to be playoffs, but I don't know that it's going to be like a 90 loss season either. It's going to be one of those weird mired in mediocrity things. Uh, That is definitely concerning. And I think all the teams here have had some concerns about, you know, their team not being willing to spend money. Um, We were talking before we hit record that uh, apparently my team is the most likely to actually spend some money this offseason. But literally at the trade deadline, they were like, uh, yeah, this Joey Gallo guy, uh, we're going to offer him this absolute <laughs> joke of a contract extension. Um, so much so to the point where Scott Boris's agent and him were like, uh, yeah, we're done. This is an insult of an offer. You're clearly not serious. Just trade us. And uh, Ethan, I, I know it, it's going to be um, some tough sledding for your team to pull out of the rebuild, just like mine. Um, what have you seen from your team this offseason? They just signed Quintana. Um, how are you feeling about that and what, what their plans are for this offseason? I mean, well, last year they picked up Tyler Anderson. Uh, so another left-handed pitcher, older pitcher, veteran pitcher, turned out to be pretty well. He got traded to Philadelphia, then didn't get traded to Philadelphia, got traded to Seattle. That thankfully worked. I think Quintana will be the same way. Um, of course, the 40-man roster decisions that happened over this past week have kind of been the biggest deal for the Pittsburgh Pirates, not protecting some guys, protecting some other guys. Uh, just to get an idea, uh, the Pirates currently have nine middle infielders and eight outfielders on their 40-man roster. I said this on my podcast on Tuesday. This will not be that way. This will not, this will not be that way by the time we get to March, um, if we even get to March, um, by the way. Uh, with this impending lockout, which we, um, if you want to show my, what's I thought you meant the earth was going to end before March, which I'm like, (laughs) that's a pretty, that's a, look, I know baseball has put you in a bad place, but like me too, but like, come on, man. I mean, I mean, that's why we're all here. Um, (laughs) But I was also going to go ahead and show my age real quick to show you that um, there has not been a lockout and a work stoppage in baseball since I've been alive. Um, The last one was in 94, 95, I believe. um, If I read correctly, Um, But Mm -hmm. for the Pirates, I mean, first of all, Brian Reynolds is going nowhere. You would have to trade your entire house and everything that you own for him at this point. I mean, they asked for Julio freaking Rodriguez from the Seattle Mariners. Of course, the two AL West hosts probably know a lot more about him than I do. He's um, very good at baseball. Yeah, he's probably torturing both of your franchises for the next 10 years. Mm -hmm. Um, And I mean, I'm happy that we at least have a very solidified player there. Of course, we have a fun Texas product in Key Brian Hayes. Shouts out to his father for being a follower of the podcast as well. Um, but I mean, things are on the rise eventually. Ben Charrington said he's enjoying this rebuild. He has a good track record, uh, record in Toronto and Boston of 
doing things correctly and winning a World Series. So I'm just basically patiently waiting to see what he does, see if all this prospect retooling works. And if it does, maybe the Reds will be the 90 lost team in the division and we won't. Unless you guys have a shortstop that's about nine foot two. Well, yeah, of course. O'Neill Cruz, he's like a freaking mammoth. He's six foot seven. There's two players in all of baseball that were six foot seven in history that have ever played a position in other than pitcher, and that is Aaron Judge and O'Neill Cruz. Well, I mean, I like watching O'Neill Cruz, honestly. How, he he how looks tall, like fun. How tall is Ronald Guzman listed? I, I think he's actually six seven. Like, I really do. I stood next to him. I think he's listed at like six five. But there's no way that dude's just 6'5". Yeah, he is listed at 6'5". But there's a reason his nickname is the Condor. Like his 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 wingspan is like literally Condor. Like I think Condors have like a 12 foot wingspan. That sounds about right for him. And, you know, he stands just so freaking tall. I just want to but, know um, they feed people like that, man. Um, like, food what, what you, like, what and lots of you? it. Lots of food and yeah, probably spinach. Um, even though Popeye wasn't that tall, maybe maybe it's for like the bulk. Yeah. Spinach is for the bulk, allegedly. Okay. Um, but like you eat too much of it, then you get short like Popeye and you get like the wonky eye. I don't know what happened to him, but like a spinach can't fit. There's a lot of things that Popeye needed. Baseball um, season talk. Gosh, yeah, he needed is, a leg day is what he needed. He really did need a leg day and like uh, a whole lot of other things. Um, but we're going to tell you all, all kinds of great stuff that you need right after this word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by DirecTV Stream. Does this sound familiar? We've got one device that lets you catch the game live. Now that lets you stream your favorite TV shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend log in for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle, and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called DirecTV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites like together like never before. You can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes, no more need to buy another device ever again, and the best part is there is no annual contract so get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your tv together with direct tv stream you can learn more at directtv.com that's directtv.com compatible device required content varies by package this episode is also brought to you by betonline.ag it's thanksgiving and we all know what that means football and nothing goes better with football than turkey and betting betonline has you covered for all the holiday season more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this Thanksgiving. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today. Receive your 50% welcome bonus with the promo code Locked On to receive your bonus. And it's not just football. BetOnline has all the pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, even your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. BetOnline. We're stuffed with deals this Thanksgiving. And we are back with the quad pod with the, um, the four gents here to talk about all kinds of fun stuff in this offseason, all kinds of weird stuff that's going to be going on with this offseason. And I, I want to pitch a question around around the horn um, that may be less fun for It actually might not be fun for any of us because we're all (laughs) having very low expectations of our franchise and they're spending money. Um, But maybe I can make it instead of a free agent question like I I was originally planning. Just what what is one thing you would be thankful for your team to do um, this offseason? Just just anything like trading a guy for some prospects or, I don't know, writing you a 
uh, apology note for their <laughs> feelings that they've hurt for you this offseason. I don't know. Let, let's start with with you, Ethan Smith, because the, um, there's a lot that, you know, you, you potentially could be thankful for or could ask of your team. Um, first of all, just improve on 2021. Show that you're going to take a steady incline instead of a steady, like, stay right here for three years. Because no team, and like, I'm sure it's happened, but, like, it very rarely happens that you see a team lose 100 games and then go to win 90. So I want to kind of see that steady, like, increase in wins. Like, go from what we had this year to maybe 65 or 70 in 2022 still mediocrity but you're still at least showing that you're making an increase then in 2023 i think which a lot of people in pittsburgh have like pointed as is that's the year i'm like hold your horses maybe not like we're not going to go from 65 wins to 95 wins just like the snap of a finger this isn't 2012 to 2013 um but either way um, realistically what I'd be thankful for, I mean, as I mentioned before we started today, Seiya Suzuki, the big Japanese outfielding free agent, the Pirates are reportedly interested in him. I'd love to see them go make a splash at him. I mean, you've seen already they have Yoshi Sutsugo. Jung Ho Gong was a big player in Pittsburgh. I'm sure Jeff remembers Jung Ho Gong a lot from watching him play against his team in the Reds. He was a very fun player to watch. So, I mean, the Pirates have a history with those Japanese players coming over from the NPL. Phenomenal guys. Gotta love them. Um, but also just add a little bit more veteran pitching, bulk up the bullpen a little bit so you're not killing your bullpen by February or February. If you're killing your bullpen by February, <laughs> you're really making a problem. Um, but it, not by like June or July. Uh, just make sure like you're basically bringing in some veteran guys that could teach these young guys how to do things. Uh, progress for Wendy Contreras and O'Neill Cruz and just keep this thing rolling so I can eventually be happy to be a Pirates fan. Yeah, uh, one thing on your point of teams going from 100 losses to anything good, um, I don't think any team has gone to a winning season after a 100-loss season, except for the Minnesota Twins. They lost 103 games in 2016, then won 85 the next year in 2017. And they did win 100 games um, in 2019. So 100, basically 100-point whatever And where are they now? Turnaround. Uh, yeah, uh, confused. They are lost and confused. Sorry, Nash Walker. <laughs> <laughs> it's, he's got Byron Buxton to watch every day. Like I, I'd, yeah. I'd kill cool. for a bad team with someone like Byron Buxton to watch every day. And uh, I was going to say they have Jose Brios, but yeah, not, Ooh, yeah that's not since oops. not since <laughs> the not since the accident. Um, Jeff, what do you? What would you be thankful for the Cincinnati Reds to do this offseason? So far as front office goes, um, resign Nick Castellanos. No, I'm just kidding. That's probably not going to happen. Um, I'd probably say commit to Hunter Green and Nick Ladello, like for opening day. And partially that has to do with the work that's going to get done on the CBA. I know that that is something that the Players Association has said that they want to push through. Whatever the details look like, the idea that service time manipulation is no longer a viable option for especially small market teams. Big market teams have taken advantage of it too, but... It's something that is annoying. Teams leave their best prospects, best players in AAA for a month or two months or whatever the number is so that they can get that Super 2 status or or avoid it or something. I don't know. I understand it when I read it, but if I haven't read it within like the last week, I, I don't. <laughs> that's like some kind of calculus. I don't I don't understand. But I also want to see him play in Cincinnati. He has had the fastest fastball over the last calendar year 
in all of baseball. He hit 105, I think, on the radar gun. I know he hit 104 Wait, Nick a couple Lodolo? times. No, no, not Nick Liddell. Oh. Hunter Green. Hunter Green. I was about to say, um, I'm like, I, I saw him in college and like he was a tall, lanky dude, but like he wasn't hitting 105. Like my, he no. must have put on some weight. What a big boy. <laughs> no, I will say now Nick Ladello looks like a polished guy with a pretty high floor, at least to start with. So I'm excited to watch him as well. Got the chance to watch him up at our, uh, well, they were low A, now they're high A, Dayton Dragons. Um but he was fun to watch. But Hunter Green also has an amazing slider, and he's been working on a changeup, so he's kind of a three-pitch guy, maybe two and a half right now. So he could do something for the Reds if they're not going to go out and get another starter to replace Wade Miley. And then on the outfield side of the equation, just replace Nick Castellanos. You don't have to re-sign him. I get it. He's going to sign for blah, 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 money outside the range of the Reds. But there are guys out there that they could go sign. And while I don't agree that there is a player that is too expensive for any one Major League Baseball franchise, that's what they're trying to tell us. And if they're going to impose these rules on them, we as fans have to understand how they can somehow work within those rules. So, yeah, I, I would be very thankful for them to commit to the guys that are already in their system. There's just a couple of things that need to happen for that to work. Losing the meme ability of Nick Castellanos has got to be devastating. <laughs> like I, I have said on this program, and I will say again, signing Nick Castellanos just for the memes alone, like – is absolutely worth it, especially on a team that like sucks. Like you got to have something that like brings you joy. <laughs> For me, it was like basically just a double Garcia towards the back half of this year. But if I had Nick Castellanos hitting bombs and I got to say there's a drive by Nick Castellanos deep to right field every time he did, I would bring a smile to my face and I wouldn't be as miserable watching the Rangers lose a lot of games next year. Um, well, and, and he's meant a lot to the fan base, too. And, and there was the uh, really cool thing where his son made a T-shirt and since he's sure it's like the biggest t-shirt proprietor here in Cincinnati really bought into it and sold it. And there was a whole bunch of Reds fans that bought it rose a bunch of money rose raised rose. Yes. Something like that. Money <laughs> was had and gotten for foundations. It was awesome. <laughs> Nick Castellanos is awesome. I'd love to see him back, but yeah, I understand the reality of it all. Just remember, guys, it's a baseball podcast, not in English, and um, you know, a bunch of other stuff podcasts. It's not, we like the baseballs. Yeah, we like the baseballs. We we do good at words occasionally. Mama said, "Hit the ball to left field." English is a language. Jason, what English words do you want to use to describe things that would make you thankful um, of the A's doing this winter? I would actually like to start off uh, my time here by offering Jeff Carr, our our boss and, uh, you know, overlord, um, <laughs> the services of Stephen Piscotti. If he would like them, there's an outfielder for you. The A's don't necessarily need him anymore. He's a little bit injury prone. It's fine. I won't tell you about that. I, I whispered that. Um, but would you like, like him? like those kinds of players. Yeah. See, there you go. <laughs> He's making like seven and a half million dollars. That's within your pay range. And that might mean that the A's could keep somebody that'd be great um but the things that i would be thankful for if it came to fruition this offseason uh off the field uh howard terminal that is where the a's are hoping to build in oakland and uh not not in vegas so that i want them to make a lot of headway towards building a ballpark in oakland that is a number one i don't care what they do on the field i want them to stay in oakland that is 
my big thing that would uh, make me very, very happy and very, very thankful to be an A's fan because I have poured a lot of energy into this stupid team and I'd really <laughs> like for it to pay off by them staying and me not having to question uh, whether or not I'm still an A's fan. So <laughs> please stay. Um, on the field, though, uh, I want them to, if they're going to trade guys, I understand. that That's part of the cycle. I get it. I've been an A's fan for a long time. I understand that they are at that point in the cycle right now. They got guys like Bassett and Manaya who have one year of control left of the upcoming season. So it makes sense for the A's to try and replenish their farm system and, uh, you know, kind of hit reset on some guys. Uh, they also got Frankie Montas and Matt Olson who have two years of control left who have their value is the highest that it's ever been. And so it makes a lot of sense to trade them as well. So if that is what happens, which I'm kind of expecting it to, but maybe not until we see the CBA where uh, a team like the Dodgers uh, could maybe jump in on, on Matt Olson because they now have a DH spot and they could put you know Max Muncie over at DH and have a gold glover in Matt Olson play first base instead. Um, maybe that's an option. Or you, know, you, you open it up to 29 other teams as opposed to 14 and I think that that could help them get a better return. But uh, if that is what they end up doing this offseason, I want them to keep going out and getting interesting people. I want guys that have fastballs. I want guys that are interesting on the mound and just offensively as well. Give me people that are interesting content. Basically, it's a content thing. And also uh, kind of a hoping for the best thing. Uh, they, they went out and traded for Britt Honeywell because the Rays had too many good players. And they were like, yeah, we don't need this guy who was the number 12 ranked prospect as as recently as 2018, we don't need him anymore. He's fine. He, he gets injured too much, uh, even though he was healthy in 2021. Um, keep doing interesting things. That's that's what I want, uh, mostly with players, but also just in general, I guess. Uh, stay in Oakland. Be interesting. That's that's my list. Yeah, those are some great things to be thankful for. You know what we're thankful for? Our sponsors. So let's tell you about them coming up right after this. And we are back with the quad squad, um, the the gang of uh, four, the four musketeers. I, I can't the, the the Beatles. We're not quite there, but you know, some some other gang of, of four people talking off season, talking uh, lock. Uh, we haven't talked locked out yet, but we did. We did before. Uh, we are locked on. We are not locked out just yet, and we've got about a couple of weeks um, before we get there. And um, I'm curious, how much of y'all read up on, on what's happening with the I haven't quite gotten there yet because I'm like, I'm just trying to pretend I'm treating it like I treated the uh, the Joey Gallo trade, just deep, deep denial and then extreme despair when it happens <laughs> and uh, be completely blindsided by it, both physically and emotionally. Um, so I'm curious, what are y'all's thoughts on what's going to happen with the CBA? Obviously, we all think that uh, the DH is probably coming um, to um, the, the bottom two host teams finally. Um, but I'm curious, what are y'all thinking is going to happen with this lockout? What are things that you're worried about? Or um, I don't know. I have no other way to phrase this question that I've been talking for 30 seconds about. Uh, I'll go yes, first. Mostly I am I am uh, <laughs> planning on it happening. Uh, and then whatever happens, I will learn about when it happens. Uh, I know that there is a lot of discussion on what could happen, but I'm not going to waste my energy on learning what could happen. I'm going to focus on what does happen and try to understand that and reiterate that to our, you know, my listeners, all of our listeners, uh, as best I can when it does happen and keep up to date, like uh, with the rumblings that happen as they're coming out during the discussions, presumably during the lockout that is, I'm assuming, going to happen um, and do that's due, due diligence then. But, you know, 
I'm not putting a lot of stock into, I'm assuming we're getting the DH. I'm assuming that they're going to do something about, you know, in time and all that stuff and some of these things. But uh, I'm hoping for a more competitive playing field. I'm hoping for a salary floor if it doesn't mean a salary, you know, a salary cap kind of thing. Uh, I'm hoping for some good things, but am I necessarily banking on them? Not yet. Uh, what, what do you guys think? Um, so you were saying that you're focused more on what's going to happen when it happens. I have looked into this stuff a lot just because it is. I, I feel for some reason it's going to affect the Pirates a lot. Can I interest you in war based arbitration? You yeah. may not. You cannot. You cannot interest <laughs> me in that. At that all. is something that, <laughs> that will was, be talked about. Rough. Kevin it Gorman is. has already talked about it. It is something that will be brought up. I don't know how it will be instituted, but it will be brought up. Meaning Wander Franco and the Rays have fun whenever his war is well above whatever that limit is supposed to be. Um, they might but, as well just cut him now, honestly. Yeah, like, what's and, the and point that, of even yeah. getting good players for the Rays? Um, but the things that I've heard from people that are on my podcast and also are kind of deep into this stuff is there is a possibility of an expanded playoff with mm-hmm. one each team, uh, one team each in each conference. Now, some people, well, each league, I'm thinking of like all kinds of different stuff. Conference League, all same thing. Um, but some people are like one team that doesn't change a lot. I said, do you really want me to get into the idea of how much one extra team in the playoff means a lot? That means the Toronto Blue Jays would have been in the playoffs, and I picked them to win the World Series if they would have gotten to the playoffs. That also means Jeff Cincinnati Reds would have been maybe about two to two and a half games out of the playoffs rather than being out of it by the second to last series of the season. That's a big thing. um, Jason already brought up the salary floor idea. What does that do? That brings up the competitiveness factor where you can say, okay, teams, you're going to have all these teams spending money on top of the fact that you're now incentivizing them to push for the playoffs because you have an extra team there. And it's an easy fix because all you have to do is go back to the old NFL model. You'd have six teams in each conference. You get the top two division winners a bye. The other two teams play in a three best of three series. You eliminate the wild card completely. These are things that I've said could happen, but it's also things that have also been incentivized and talked about to further incentivize competitive ability. Because I'll ask this as a question. How many teams right now in baseball do you legitimately feel like are competing for a playoff spot? There's 30 teams. How many do you legitimately think as of the time of recording are legitimately trying to compete? I'd say about 10. And is that good for baseball? No, no. No, it's and not. Because it, you look at the NFL, obviously the NFL and Major League Baseball, two completely different tiers, but the Giants, who just lost Monday Night Football the other day, are like three games out of the playoffs, and they're three and eight. That's Very so bad. bad. <laughs> I mean, you really, you really look at, like, and even the NBA uh, lately, ever since the Warriors dynasty ended, shouts out to Jason out there in Oakland, ever since that ended, I mean, basketball, parody league. The NHL, Parity League. And then I love that MLB, by the way, and I think me and Jeff talked about this once as I kind of started rambling about a lot of this stuff. They love to speak on this parody idea that they haven't had a repeat champion in like 20-something years. And I'm like, I get it, right? Nobody's repeated, but look at the actual matchups that have happened in the ALS and the NLS over that time, and it's been around the same teams. The Dodgers, the Red Sox, the Yankees. The Braves, ironically. And then you get the mixes of like the Royals and the Rangers even not too long ago as well that were there also. And 
it's it's pretty much just not a parity league. But with the incentive, like it, with the incentive of an extra playoff team and a salary floor, as Jason mentioned, it could incentivize a lot more teams to compete. You know, I like that idea of uh, would the the top seed in in like the AO and the NL would they get a two round buy? Is if my is my math right on that, or am I bad at math? No, so, I, I know I'm what, bad at math. So, but like, I would like I would like for the top the top seed to get like a two round, like a significant buy. Because I think baseball more than any other sport, like it is so. The, the playoffs are so random. They're mm-hmm. so random. And like so often the best team doesn't, I feel like don't, doesn't get like the biggest, like as big an advantage as they should for being the best in 162 games. Like mm-hmm. the Giants and the Dodgers having to play each other in the, the NLDS was, was stupid. And that's yeah. like really frustrating. But I also think expanding the playoffs to where they were in 2020, while that was fun and I love having more baseball, it felt like it really de-incentivized the uh, the teams who did the best over the course of the regular season. Well, my in, question, I guess, would be with the buy in baseball. Do you want the buy? Because all that time off, it, it's it's a routine sport, you know. And mm-hmm. so some teams will thrive with the buy. Some teams will be utterly gutted by the buy. Mm-hmm. So it, it's a weird thing with this sport in particular. You're not just getting healthy and game planning for one game or one series. Mm-hmm. It's it's a really weird sport, so I can see it going either way, and I'm very intrigued to see how, if it does get implemented, how it actually plays out. Well, and if you think about it, too, the one thing with the incentivization of you mentioned of, like, winning your division. So, like, the first two, the top two division winners. So, in for instance, this year, it would have been the Dodgers and the Brewers would have, like, mean the Giants? theoretical, or, well, the Giants and the Brewers, yeah, would have got the theoretical buy. So then there would have been three games. Normally you see the three game series play for most of the year. You get the four games and the two games every once in a while. So that those top two teams would only be offered, I'd say maybe at max four days, because what you would do is I think the, to incentivize it is the top, like the division winner, the lowest division winner and the top wild card in this instance, the Dodgers would get all three games at home. Now I'm making up my kind of my own thing, but it would limit the travel time. You do all that stuff, and it would also limit the amount of time that, that other team is off. So I think that that would do a lot. It's it's something that would take a lot of complex thinking. But I mean, the idea of expanding the playoffs and giving more teams an opportunity, because I mean we've seen it across baseball, and even the Reds over the last couple of years have kind of been a good example, and the A's even in some examples as well have been good examples of teams that are right there, but then they see that the playoffs is so crunched together with all these teams that do they really have a shot of getting there? And then they just kind of, I don't want to say give up on it, but what's the point of pushing for it if it's such a limited sample size? It's worth thinking about. And there's a lot of different details and stuff that we'll be able to flesh out as they, as they get reported and things that they are negotiating on in specifics. What, what interests me is the, just the range of ideas and the range of prospects when you're looking at this lockout. I've heard all year long the spectrum of, oh, it's going to be terrible. They're going to delay the season. We won't be seeing baseball till May. And I heard some people being like, I don't even know there's going to be a lockout. Maybe there's a lockout for like a week and they'll be done. And then in January, we'll be right back to normal. We'll be talking about transactions and things like that. And today, I heard that Ethan was saying about Armageddon. So when I, when I hear that, you never know. I, I mean, I just don't. I I don't know what to expect. And I think that the thing that's going to make this 
just all the more interesting is you've got clubs like ours who aren't the big money machines that can't afford a lockout. There is no, I mean, you can't afford a long lockout that delays the season. If you're talking about an A's side that is kind of taking a step back, you're talking about a Reds team that's taking a step back. You're talking about a Pirates team that is back, is is back. Oh, the in Pirates are back, baby. Not to be <laughs> forward. There's Jeff Carr, the Pirates are back. back. I need to clip Jeff that out. Pirates are back. <laughs> All right, the Pirates are back. I just, I they are back late for every show. <laughs> Can you that's take a gonna, step that's back when be you're my intro. back? <laughs> it's going to be the pirates are back and welcome to the locked on pirates jeff car taking it back i get you i get what you were saying though but yeah so you got and and the rangers that you know they're hopefully going to be aggressive but do you buy that and then how does that work out going into opening day all of our teams haven't necessarily been in the position to just completely sell out all of their home games. So hey, uh, the Rangers are actually first in in AL attendance this year. Well, uh, don't don't look at why. Don't don't look at why. Don't look at why. That the ownership doesn't want you to look at why. Get into I did forget. Day? I did. I did forget about that. Um, oh my gosh! If I, yeah. I, I look at that stat on the Baseball Reference page, and I'm like, oh, yeah, that happened. <laughs> that was the thing. And they're and they're going to brag about it for years. They're like, oh, everyone will forget why. No, we won't forget. We know why. We all know Never why. Forget. <laughs> but yeah, so it's, you've got the small market teams like that, and then you've got the players who are just ready to fight because they've been acquiescing to different owners' demands over the last decade. So it, there are so many things about this, and there's going to be so much content. I know that we're all going to be covering this whenever it happens. It's I, I really wanted there to be more than just the Reds giving up players before this happens, but here we are. <laughs> yeah, uh, for sure. There's a lot of... Uh, you know, things that are happening up. But one thing that I am glad that it seems to be happening already, and we've already seen some of the fruits of that, um, of this actually happening, is the Players Association actually fighting for minor leaguers as opposed to just throwing them under the bus every single time as the, all right, well, what are you going to give up? Well, we're going to, you can just like, I don't know, feed a minor leaguer to a, a rancor once a week um, <laughs> if you feel like it. Um, do these guys deserve an actual living weight? No, no, they're, uh, uh, you know, artists Surfs. they are they are uh you know these it would be so noble of them to like not get money and all this like other nonsense that they keep using i'm glad they're finally sticking up like it's like it's about dang time like it's really past time and i'm i'm glad that we're already st- starting to see the fruits of that if we get like a small lockout like it, it doesn't delay the actual season then i think that's absolutely worth it because it is beyond time these minor leagues to start being looked out for as opposed to thrown under the bus at the very first chance that they get. Let's all make a prediction on when we think the lockout, if it does happen, will end. It, does that sound like fun? It's not something that we discussed, but hey, why not? Why not put it on on audio? I, I like I like that. Um, when is it? Is it is it December seventh? December first. December first is when it ends and well yes. is like when it ends so december 2nd is the theoretical start date mm-hmm. okay um i'm gonna go oh january 11th i think okay. is when it ends i feel pretty good about that good pick good pick in classic baseball fashion christmas oh 
What a gift. They don't know how to do PR. No. (laughs) (laughs) They don't know how to do good thing. Make us happy. Wait, what was it? uh, What was their big PR thing where it was like, was it the, um, um, well that, but was, um, it was during like some other really big sport. I think it was like, it was either the Super Bowl or like one of the finals or something that they released something. I can't remember what it was, but it was like the, like the the MVP or something like that. Yeah. It was like really huge news during like, it was like during one of the biggest sports events of the year. And I was like, you guys couldn't have did this like Like the next tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah, Just wait, just, just release it at noon. Like, no, come on. Jeff, what do you got? I'm going to throw a Pennsylvania bone. I'm going to say Punxsutawney Phil's looking at a shadow at the same time that the lockout ends. So February okay. 2nd. Oh, wow. Wow. Man, we really got say, all, all possibilities I, here. December the 17th, low man, Spider-Man No Way Home. <laughs> I am going, uh, I'm going to go January 7th, right, right in the middle of there. I think that it's going to be about a month and then let's get back to business and not miss any season. So I guess that we're all saying we're not expecting the season to be delayed is kind of where we're going. Maybe with Jeff's, but probably not. I'm more just hoping that the season doesn't get delayed. Cause like, I don't know about y'all, but I, I, I can't do a whole nother like month of, of, <laughs> of no baseball pocket. Like it's going to be like, I mean, we did the off season is one thing like, and like, and uh, I feel like it doesn't even really feel like a lockout. If it's these months where nothing's usually ever happening anyway, like, obviously, we're not going to get like much of a GM meetings. And I'm not sure that there are the uh, winter meetings like we already had the, the GM meetings. But um, the winter meetings were supposed to be the 8th through the 12th in Orlando. So probably I don't not. I don't think that's happening. I've already talked to some people who are work for a big media outlet that, that, that are not sending anybody, not even a skeleton crew. Even if the lockout gets postponed last minute, they're just like, no, this is not happening. We already know. So, um yeah, I don't I think it'll be at least more than a week. <laughs> and it's interesting because every year the Reds have a thing. The first weekend of December they have called Reds Fest where all the fans get together and they get the chance to meet players and get autographs and get pictures and do all kinds of great different stuff. It was canceled like back in March. It was supposed to be probably not this coming weekend, but the following weekend. Jeez. And it got canceled back in March and everybody was just like, oh, COVID. Oh, it killed another thing. It wasn't COVID. They knew that there was going to be a lockout back. No, 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 Jeff. They were thinking of something else. Okay. They're thinking thinking of of those Cincinnati Bearcats playing for the American (laughs) Championship (laughs) Athletic Conference Championship. It's going to be awesome. Go Bearcats. Good, good, good for Uh, that. And go dogs for Bryce, too. See you in two Uh, weeks, buddy. Oh god, I don't want to see. I don't want to see you in two weeks. I, I did. I just watched Alabama win with my fa- I'm one for two on uh, Alabama football games, and uh, I guess when my parents come, they're the good luck charm. Which, you know, if I had to drive nine hours with them again, I I think I'd rather just watch us lose. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just kidding, mom. If you're listening, when you Shout listen to this, oh gosh, I forgot that she listened to every podcast, and so it's hard. Shout out to Becky. Yeah, shout out to my mother and father, Rich and Becky. Um, but. Uh, I don't know. I feel like this feels like a natural place. And do you have any, any questions about the rain? You, if you don't like, please no. just say no is just keep me from talking about this team. That's made me so sad and angry. Are you um, still signing year. Clayton Kershaw? You know, I, I am a hundred percent confident that it's either Texas or the Dodgers. And I think it really feels 50 50, which is, it's giving myself too much hope. It feels kind of scary to say, um, but I, I know how much Dallas means to him. Not that we're like best friends. I mean, I have seen him in person several times, so we are basically best friends. Um, 
and he went to my mom's high school. So also, once again, best friends. But, yeah. you know, I, I know that he like he lives in Dallas in the off season. Like he still goes to church where the church where he got married in. And um, it mean it would mean a lot for him because that's where his family lives during the regular season and where he lives during the off season. So um, for him to be able to um, go drop his his daughter off at school and then go pitch the game that night. Actually, Chris Woodward was on MLB Network talking about how um, bragging about how he and, and Clayton are good friends. And he, he said um, as much that, yeah, he would he knows that Clayton would like to be close to home. But also there's definitely still some ties to the Dodgers. And he did confirm the Rangers have been in contact with him, which like we all knew, like obviously we knew that they were going to at least be in contact with him. Whether it's just like shooting him an email like, hey, um, you come home, please. Rangers question mark. <laughs> please. Um, <laughs> What Chris Woodward, your best Snapchat. friend? That is literally <laughs> you that up? is literally the that is literally the definition of the you up text. That's literally what it is. <laughs> yeah. Look at all these former Dodgers. You mean come hang out with DJ Peters? Come hang out with um with Chris Woodward and uh, we wear the same we're the same color scheme. You won a championship here. Come win another one in like ten years. <laughs> they sent him a text and then they leaked it to the media. We've been in contact with Clayton Kershaw. <laughs> I would give a lot of money to see the text messages between AJ Hinch and Carlos Correa during that breakfast meeting. I'm not going to lie. I don't think they're texting when they're or, sitting well, next like, to each other. That'd be super antisocial, but you know, it could happen. Well, you never know. They might've thought reporters were there. They just got to keep everything close knit and everything, you know, that's some like next kind of like level that family guy episode stuff. when he becomes a millennial and they're just like on the little scooters and they're like texting each other and he gets hit by the bus <laughs> and he's like, dude, turn around. I just got hit by a bus. So that was like that was like a Family Guy episode that I loved. Sorry, pop culture. Wow, pop culture on this. What what kind of what? pop culture references would we be making other than like all of us having a baby Yoda? Can you spot all four baby Yodas? I think mine is most definitely the hardest to spot. I don't have like yeah, an actual. I, I didn't know that you had one. Yeah, no, it is right here on this little Mandalorian Lego scooter, right, right that, there. No, it's you, not. It is. I promise. It's right here. Look. We little Lego baby you, Yoda. Look at this. We need to get you a. Oh God, that doesn't yeah. count. It definitely get him does. a ring light. <laughs> get him a ring light. I have a ring light. It's just on my face as opposed to on little. Oh, you did a, a, a second ring light. That I can a just clip right here, light. like by my elbow. To, like a little though, Lego ring light. Yeah. On the forty, <laughs> on the forty to eighty grade scale, what is Baby Yoda's curveball? Ooh, a hundred. Yeah, he breaks the scale. I think he breaks the scale. I mean, he could he probably could use the he, force to bend it. He could use the force to bend it and then stop it like mid like wait for the batter Ooh. to swing. And then, yeah, imagine the, CBA, imagine the CBA having to talk about that one. That that feels <laughs> that feels like something that that would they would outlaw. I mean, if they outlawed sticky stuff, I think the force is definitely like off limits. But it's natural ability command is command is probably about a 40, though, because it's going to be inconsistent because there's just going to be some. He just wants to play with the ball. He doesn't actually want to throw it. You don't want to That's give it true. away. That would that, really not work for pace of play. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. he would have to be like on on the Red Sox or the Yankees. Like that's a that's a very Red Sox Yankees kind of matchup. But I feel like with all the Baby Yoda talk, like <laughs> that that is definitely a great place to end it. Um, folks listening to this, where can they find you and your work, Jason Burke? Uh, I am the host of Locked On A's. We post content as often as Bryce does. Uh, sometimes better, sometimes worse. Um, uh, you can follow the show at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at by Jason B on Twitter. If you guys have any questions, I'm going on paternity leave. So uh, fill up that mailbag, please. Lockdownathletics at gmail.com. And also, uh, 
Jeff Carr down here, down here is about to give you his social stuff. And if you ever need a, a, a picture for your graphic for the show, hit him up. He's, <laughs> he's great. He's great at it. He is great. <laughs> you can follow me at Jeff Carr with three Fs. Um, depends on who's asking for the picture. Uh, whether or not happen. Um, you can also follow the show at Locked on Reds and you can follow the podcast wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube, because you're watching right now. So obviously, you know that. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> and Ethan, Ethan Smith, where can the fine folks listening to all four of these podcasts find you? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at MVP underscore Ethan. You can also, and you know, I don't have to add an extra T or an F like Jeff does. Um, and I can also follow me. Well, I can follow myself, but you can also follow me at Locked on Pirates as well. Actually getting a lot of followers lately, and you guys have been killing it on the subscriber button as well on uh, YouTube. So you can come see me and Baby Yoda every day um, as much as you see these guys on your screen as well. Yeah, and you can find me on uh, Twitter at Bryce Patrick. Actually, let me just pull up this thing and show his face. Yeah, there we go. Just, just get, get Ethan's face on out of there. At Bryce Patrick, Bryce with an I, Patrick with no C. Um, and follow at Locked On Rangers on Twitter. Follow the one that just says at Locked On Rangers. Don't don't follow the other one unless you want some some New York hockey talk, which is a great great one, but a, a different podcast Shout for a different day. The other night, yeah, with point four seconds left. Yes, this is now also a hockey podcast, which, you know, I'm, we'll, we'll get there eventually. But I feel like we have hit all the important topics, lockout, baby Yoda, um, thankfulness, all kinds of great stuff. But thank you guys so much for listening. All of you go subscribe to all these shows. Follow these fine fellows on Twitter. And until next time, don't forget to enjoy baseball. <laughs>